left weekly radio. There's one newspaper that is independent of powerful capitalist interests, and that is Green Left Weekly. It's the people's voice committed to human and civil rights, ecological sustainability, democracy, and equality. It presents ideas that the mainstream media won't. Green Left is a leading source of local, national, and international news with analysis, discussion, and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movement. It helps expose the lies of the capitalist press and puts the voices of the marginalised and the oppressed at the centre of fighting for a better world, and helps us understand the political developments unfolding around us. Good morning, listeners. You are listening to. Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. And the, your presenters today are myself, Jacob Antwafa, and... Hi, Jacob, and it's also Chloe here. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Jacob. And, uh, yeah, before we begin the show, we'd like to acknowledge that 3CR and Green Left is being broadcast from the land of the Wurundjeri Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and we respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners, caretakers, and custodians of this land. Uh, the land was stolen, it was taken by brute force, and sovereignty was never ceded. We join in solidarity with First Nations people's struggle for justice. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Okay, so um, we have quite an unpacked program um, because actually there has been very much a lot happening in politics um, at the moment, especially with the tragic events that are currently unfolding in Palestine. Mm-hmm. So first up, we are actually going to be having an interview with um, the Secretary of the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, Josh Cullen, to talk about the recent Coles and Woolworths um, strikes, um, which which happened actually last weekend, but I think a good and the interview will be kind of going into actually how has the strike action gone and, you know, how is um, Rafu kind of building in this kind of period. Um, then we'll be speaking to Omar Jabir Tafish Nawal, who is a Palestinian who lives and works in, a Mel- in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, he, we'll be, we'll be talking to him to, um, about, you know, what's really, what's happening in Palestine, uh, especially in contrast to, you know, the terrible kind of corporate kind of coverage that we're getting on Palestine right now. Then we'll be speaking to Shidham from the Kurdish Democratic Community Centre of Victoria to talk about what's some of the current developments that are happening around the Kurdish struggle. But quite tragically, there has been Turkey has been partaking in some bombings in the Kurdish uh, um, areas of northeast Syria. So we'll be speaking to um, Shidham to kind of talk a bit more um, about that. Now, I guess probably um, maybe to kind of start off a bit of a discussion. Um, in terms of in terms of the what's been sort of happening in the headlines, the main thing that has actually dominated the kind of media right now has been the what's been unfolding in in Palestine. And now, I think a lot of our listeners have probably been following what's been happening in terms of the coverage, in terms of you know what's sort of happening in the ground, and we'll be hearing more in more detail uh, about that when we speak directly to Omar. But I think one sort of point I want to kind of start off with is I kind of want to talk about how appalling I guess the media coverage of Palestine has been within um, within Australia in fact they're basically you know they're attempting to kind of frame it in a way that you know tries to kind of put like equal weight between both Israel and Palestine when actually Israel is the oppressor in this in this war but also they are they are they are in a sense 
also putting a pro kind of Israel kind of position, one that actually, you know, actually min- completely minimizes the crimes that Israel is dealing for its occupation of Palestine. Uh, and in fact, probably what's even more notable is the fact that our, all politicians on both sides of the political spectrum, from Albanese and Peter Dutton, are pretty much steadfast in their commitment to supporting uh, and to supporting Israel. And in fact, they haven't even mentioned anything about you know Palestinians who have died as a result of this war. Um, they've and also, I guess another. Um, another danger, disturbing kind of element as well that's happening right now is um, there's going to be some big, massive Palestine protests coming up this Sunday, and it's going to be happening all over the country, including in Sydney and Melbourne. But in the case of Sydney, mm. they are actively attempting to repress the protests from going ahead. So um, the police have basically said they won't be, um, they won't be, they don't improve of the protests. Um, we've also, early on last week, we had Alphony Albanese, um, this week we had Alphony Albanese say that no one should be attending uh, the Palestinian protests that took place on Monday. And then we're also, in Sydney that is, and then we also had these really, just most outrageously, there was this outrageous comment from Peter Dutton, who said of the protesters who attended the protests in Sydney, that anyone who is on a temporary visa who attended that protest should be deported. And yeah, I think there's there's so much to kind of unpack here. I, um, I don't even think we'll be able to go into everything about this. But, mm. you know, I think, you know, there's a lot to be condemned. And I think this is also why... You know, grassroots media um, like FreeCR and Green Left Radio is so important because we need to be highlighting the voices of the oppressed uh, in this war, and and I think you know we need to highlight Palestinian voices and stand by um, and support Palestine. Yeah, um, well said, Jacob. And it is uh, very scary that the New South Wales government and police are repressing. Palestinian protests. Um, we do have a protest here in Melbourne on Sunday at State Library starting at 12, I think it is, at noon. Um, but, you know, I think the protesters in New South Wales have agreed to hold a static protest, which means they can't march. So I think the protest is going ahead. Um, but it is um, unsurprising that the Albanese government and ALP is supporting Israel, and we we highly condemn that. Um even the ABC, other news outlets, um, it's just been shameless pro-Israeli spin um, that we've been seeing in the past few days. And almost every single Western journalist that tries to interview, that interviews Palestinians since the Gaza-Israel war began um, on October 7th always begins the interview by asking, do you condemn the massacres of Israelis by Hamas? And when the Palestinian responds by saying something like, all civilian deaths are tragic, then the journalist then turns to accusing them of um, making anti-Hamas responses and, you know, you know, trying to, trying to make it out as if, um, you know, where Palestinians are celebrating, um, you know, the, 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 de- the deaths, um, of of um you know uh, any 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 civilians it's just it's um you know and those 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 responses from Peter Dutton um threatening people on temporary visas threatening to deport people if they attend the rallies is is absolutely appalling um you know we were talking before Jacob about how these you know how 
liberal democracies, Western governments, um, especially here in Australia and countries like the US, they they love to talk about freedom of speech and exercising uh, democratic rights to, um, you know, live freely and speak freely, but they are absolutely trying to stop um, our democratic right to speak out um, against these attacks by um, the Israeli government against Palestine. Um, and all of us on the left um, has the right to stand with Palestine right now, and we absolutely should be taking this to the street. Um, we know that peace can only come after Israelis, Israel's occupation ends. So solidarity to the Palestine, to the all Palestinians, the movement. Um, and, yeah, we, we really do condemn the awful um, attacks by the media and Western governments. Um, we're going to go to a quick break and we'll come back with our first interview. You are listening to Green Left on 3CR. We jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got to have lots of changes. We need more brothers. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR, and now we are joined by Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFU, the Federal um, Secretary, to talk about the recent calls and Woolworth, Woolworths workers' strikes. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me. So, Josh, the the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFU, uh, took historical industrial action recently after negotiations with Coles and Woolworths um, uh, fell over the the um, fell through over the pay and conditions. Would you be able to tell us a bit about the national workers' strike um, that happened over the weekend? Yeah, sure. So we've been uh, negotiating or trying to negotiate with Coles and Woolworths uh, since December last year. And before that, there was a three-year campaign to try and get Coles to the bargaining table. Uh, we haven't had any offers or any proposals at all from Coles or Woolworths um, on any issues. So uh, members decided in uh, July they would get a protected action ballot done. Um, those outcomes were fantastic for workers, massive turnouts, um, massive votes in favour of uh, authorising action. And then uh, members decided in the last couple of weeks that um, the only way they were going to get these employers to listen was to uh, implement bans and to start taking strike action. So on Saturday morning, there was the first national strike that Woolworths or Coles ever. Um, and they were national strikes of those RAFU represents in bargaining. Um, on, on Saturday morning, uh, about a 1,000 workers uh, 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 took action. And, uh, and had the stoppage. 
Um, and we uh, then had another strike on Tuesday night for night pill and evening pill workers. Uh, and so uh, they were the first national stoppages or strikes at Woolworths or Coles in Australian history. Oh, yeah. So thanks for that, Josh. It's Jacob here. Um, I wanted to kind of um, find out a bit more about, can you tell us about, in terms of this kind of strike kind of action, um, how what is kind of RAFU kind of demanding? And I guess a bit more on the kind of strike, how has the kind of strike been played a role in kind of helping kind of build support for, for the union? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, the, the, we've got a range of claims at each of the companies uh, that were determined by members and unanimously endorsed in March. Uh, the three sort of headlines that come from those claims, along with a whole range of other claims, are that workers want living wages, uh, they want safer workplaces and they want secure jobs. So uh, what that means is we want a $29 per hour base rate. Uh, we're not asking for the world, uh, we're just asking for a living wage. At the moment, workers are paid, if they're over 21 and don't have a disability, they're paid around $25 per hour at Coles and Woolworths um, as their base rate, but it goes as low as, as $12 for uh, young workers and, and even lower for disabled workers. So we want that to end. Uh, in terms of safer workplaces, uh, the Coles had deleted all of the rights around safety from the agreement five years ago. We want them restored at plus some. Uh, both of the sites don't treat uh, work, workplace violence, so assaults, abuse, threats, intimidation with any seriousness. Uh, and we want them to be treated as the crimes they are and have those areas shut down. Uh, workers' safety prioritised, evidence gathered, uh, cops called, all the rest, so that our, our members are able to work in a safer environment and secure jobs. We want casual workers to have ongoing work. These companies can afford it. Uh, they can certainly do it. They need these workers. Uh, so we want them to have ongoing work and we want part-time workers to have more hours. Now, they're the sort of core claims that workers are striking for, as well as a range of others. Uh, we we recognise that, you know, we're six years old and uh, we are growing as a union. Um, a 1,000 workers out of probably over 200,000 workers across Coles and Woolworths is not... It's certainly not a super majority and it's nothing like a majority. We get that. In some stores, we have a majority of workers. So we saw fantastic strike action on Thursday and Saturday at Broken Hill, uh, where workers um, took strike action and most of the store walked out. Um, and so we see this as both an opportunity for workers to finally have the expression, their human right, their right to strike, um, to express that to their employers, but to also show to their co-workers that they're standing up that they're not complaining, they're doing something about it. And we see this as generational change. We see this as setting the scene for the future, both this year and in the years to come, of what workers that are oppressed and exploited and paid poverty wages can actually do about their situation. Uh, the community support has been fantastic. Uh, you know, the media got behind what these workers are trying to achieve, um, and so they should. These are the essential worker heroes of the pandemic. And, uh, and the community certainly got behind them as well. And we've raised about $20,000 in our strike fund um, to help support these workers. And we've been doing that all this week because none of these workers obviously get paid for the strikes. But Coles also uh, refused to accept the work and refused to pay anyone who put in place any bans um, because that's what industrial bastardry is uh, for Coles supermarkets. And they put their customers last in their de desperate desire to attack workers. So, so that strike fund and that community support has been fantastic. And the community turned up, you know, workers, supporters, retirees, the broad community turned up um, and supported our members on strike right across the country. 
Well, Josh, it sounds like Rafu is doing really fantastic work and, um, you know, really empowering workers to fight for their rights. I'm sure it was a very exciting and liberating experience, especially for young workers who have never taken industrial action to be able to have the confidence to walk out. Um, and I hope you've grown your membership as well out of this and brought more people into the union movement. But uh, you did touch on before the aggressive mes- measures that calls have been taking against RAFU members. Um, would you be able to just give us a little bit more detail on, you know, what happened, what, what they were um, threatening workers with? There was a bit of intimidation that we heard about. Yeah, sure. And just in terms of the first point, absolutely. There's been a heap of workers joining and get involved. But for the first time ever, what we heard over the weekend in every in every corner of Australia was our members, you know, young workers, older workers, uh, women workers, queer workers, talking to the to the community. They were on camera. They were telling their story. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't controlled. Um, and that is just fantastic for us. You know, to have dozens and dozens of members front up, um, you know, be able to deal with a camera being thrust in their face and a microphone. Um, look, it's just exactly what we want. We want the voice of our members to be core and central. What Coles did was we, we implemented bans on Friday, and those bans were things like wearing the Rafferty T-shirt or talking to customers about uh, industrial action or not cleaning toilets or not taking the dirty nappies out of trolleys. It was these types of things. Very entry-level you know, we wanted to give members a positive experience of what industrial action can be um, and that, you know, it's first, not baby steps, but first steps um, into what this looks like ahead of the strike action and further action in the future. Uh, and what Coles' response was, it, it was uh, unilateral. It was these rotten laws in Australia allow them to do it, uh, but they, they uh, wrote to every single one of these workers, over 500 workers, and said, if you do a single ban, if you do a single ban... You will not be paid at all, and we will not accept your work at all. So these are young workers, they're older workers, they're workers trying to feed their kids and put a roof over their head. They're workers that are paid poverty wages, cannot even afford the groceries that they sell. And what Cole said, we're not going to pay you a cent. Uh, goodbye until you relent, until you give up your industrial action. Um, and so it was industrial thuggery. Um, we, we, you know, were surprised by it, but not... You know, we were disappointed but not surprised probably is a better way of putting it. Certainly not shocked. Um, this is a company that has ruthlessly stolen billions of dollars from workers over the last 20 years through their shoddy, outrageous deals that cost workers billions. Um, and uh, we're just uh, now having to plan what our next steps are because um, this attack on workers and their livelihoods cannot be allowed to stand. Um, and uh, fortunately, the community support and the Rafferty Strike Fund has seen every single one of those workers supported, and we had their back, even though they weren't paid at all for their Friday and Saturday shifts, um, and, uh, and now we plan for the future. And what can you tell us um, about um, kind of like some of the kind of next steps, like in terms of like how people can kind of support, um, can support, um, can support RAFU, and also, yeah, what are the kind of next steps and how people can support um, RAFU workers? Oh, yeah, fantastic. So, so the, the, the next step is next week our delegates and workplace leaders meet, um, you know, a growing group right across the country. So we're going to have those meetings and we'll then have member meetings that will vote on and decide and discuss what their next industrial action is going to be. Um, in a practical sense, you know, we're not uh, one of the mega unions. We're six years old. We've started a, a strike fund. A part of our membership fees for every single member goes into our strike fund. So we're planning for the future. 
but we don't have, you know, a $10 million or a $30 million strike fund, so we can't do a two-week stoppage at Christmas just yet. Uh, we will be discussing with members what their action looks like, and we expect members are going to want to have, especially at Coles, are going to want to have direct, uncompromising industrial action come towards Christmas. Workers never get to have a Christmas break. They're always required to work right through that period. Doesn't matter if they've got kids graduating, doesn't matter if they're getting married, doesn't matter if they've got something going on in their life. Coles and Woolies uh, require these workers to work right through that period. So uh, we expect members will be quite excited about the opportunity to have maybe a one, two day stoppage or strike during that period. Um, we need to figure out what it is that workers want to do, how they want to impact on these bosses. There's also going to be lots of other opportunities. It's not lost on us that the Coles AGM is coming up in two or three weeks. Um, and there's a range of other campaigns that we're about to launch that will hopefully impact on Coles and Woolies and help them reconsider the approach that they've been taking. Um, and, uh, and our website has a very basic structure for those that want to support. It's at just at rafwood.org.au forward slash superstrike. There's the email addresses for the CEOs of Coles and Woolies. There's our, uh, signing up for our newsletter updates. There's the link to the Chuff Strike Fund. There's a few things there that workers can do, but it's certainly listening out for any future strike actions and coming along and supporting workers as they strike is a fantastic thing that listeners can do. Yeah, thanks so much, um, Josh. We're just about to wrap up the interview. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we um, let you go? Oh, look, the only other thing is, is that we've got a fantastic video about the Better Resident Dead struggle up on YouTube now. It's 45 minutes feature film about what they did in 2021 and 22. And part of that is just how important solidarity is. It really talks to the way that that helped these workers that had never faced industrial action before in the sector uh, were able to stand united. And that, and that is so relevant today in Coles and Woolies. So anyone who's got a spare 45 minutes, go and have a watch of it. It's on the Rafwa YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find links to various places. Um, and I think that that would really, really help uh, uh, listeners understand what it is we're doing and why it's so important. Oh, thanks so much for that tip, Josh. That was the Better Red Than Dead um, about the bookstore in Newtown, correct? Exactly. Yeah. That's it, yep. Encourage listeners to, to, to watch that. And um, solidarity with you, Josh, and all the workers that had the courage to take industrial act- action and fight against their exploitation. We hope you win all your demands, and we also join in condemning the aggressive anti-union tactics of calls to you know, basically starve out striking workers. Um, and we also encourage people to, you can still donate to the Union's Fighting Fund um, at chuffed.org slash project slash superstrike. Uh, thanks once again, Josh, for your time this morning. Oh, thanks for having me. Cheers. You were just listening to Josh Cullinan from the Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, RAFU, as the Federal Secretary. We were talking about the recent calls and Woolworth strikes. We're going to come back after a quick break. You're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. Wasting time in the unemployment lines. 
3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR, and we're just going to go play a song by British-based rapper Low Key, and it's called Long Live Palestine. This is for Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine, long live Gaza. Palestine, Ramallah, West Bank, Gaza. This is for the child that is searching for an answer. Wish I could take your tears and replace them with laughter. Long live Palestine. While we listen to tunes made by ignorant fools Israel blocked the UN from delivering food They bring in the troops and you won't even glimpse of the news They make money off the products that we're quick to consume And it's not simply a question of differing views Forget emotions, this is facts, what I spit is the truth Makes no difference if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew They're just people living in different conditions to you They still die when you bomb their schools, mosques and hospitals It's not because of rockets, please God, can you stop this all? I'm not related to the strangers on the TV, but I relate, cause those strangers could have been me, words could never ever explain the raw tragedy, it's not a war that is murdering more rapidly, and we are automatically supporting pure savagery, imagine how you feel if this was your family. In my heart forever We stand for peace Times of war We shan't surrender Remember It didn't start In this dark December Every coin is a bullet If you're Marks and Spencer And when you're sipping Coca-Cola That's another pistol In the holster Of them soulless soldiers You say you know about The Zionist lobby But you put money In their pocket When you're buying their coffee Talking about revolution Sitting in Starbucks The fact is That's the type of thinking I can't trust Let alone Even start to respect Before you talk Learn the meaning of that scarf on your neck Forget Nestle, Obama Promise Israel 30 billion over the next decade They're trigger happy and they're crazy Think about that when you're putting Huggies nappies on your baby Just a war over stolen land Why do you think little boys are throwing stones at tanks? And we'll never really know how many people are dead They drop bombs on innocent girls while they sleep in their bed Don't get offended by facts, just try and listen Nothing is more anti-Semitic than Zionism So please don't bring bad vibes when you speak to me 
There's plenty of rabbis that agree with me. It's your choice what you do with this message. Don't get it confused. I view this from a human perspective. How many more resolutions have to be violated? How many more children have to be annihilated? Israel is a terror state. They're terrorists that terrorize. I testify my television televised. I'm telling lies. This is not a war. It is systematic genocide. But whatever they try, Palestine will never die. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR and you were just... Uh, oh, can you hear me through the... Yep, can you hear me? I, I can definitely right. hear you. Um, I can't hear myself. <laughs> uh, you were just listening to a song by an activist and rapper from London. Uh, his name's Low Key, and he was just singing a song called Long Live Palestine. Okay, so I thought that we would um, have just a bit... Before our next interview, we would just have a bit of a, a discussion, especially since uh, we can't really kind of avoid it, um, because... Um, Tomorrow is actually the the day of the referendum um, for the in First Nations voice to Parliament. Mm. Um, so just for those who don't um, might not remember, uh, might uh, don't forget to vote. <laughs> uh, you actually have to vote in the referendum, and you have to vote like you would normally vote in any sort of federal or state election. So you basically have to find a polling booth that is um, there's with the AC, or if alternatively, you can go to a pre pre-polling booth um, today, if, if, if mm. you would like. If you don't vote, you might get a fine. Yeah, well, you will get fined. <laughs> um, but I guess talking more politically about about the kind of issue, I guess I want to kind of, you know, outline a bit of a kind of socialist alliance sort of position. I mean, drawing on the article that Sam Rainwright um, produced for Green Left, which is titled, After the Referendum, Continue the Struggle for Justice. Now, socialist alliance is very much recommending a yes vote for the referendum. But that's not in a sense... But we also kind of recognise that, you know, when it comes to substantial measures to benefit Indigenous people, that requires a strengthening of the grassroots movement to, for change. And, of course, this is true regardless of whatever the outcome is on October the 14th. But I think, you know, we, ha- we also can't give an uncritical vote for yes because... I think that the official yes campaign is fraught with, as sort of Sam writes here, contradictions, because it very much rests on two counterposed objectives. Now, there's one, you know, there's a position that, you know, a lot. There, I think there's a lot of people who are voting yes who, you know, are voting yes on the sort of basis that, you know, they think that this is this represents a sort of step forward uh, or a modest kind of step forward, and of course it's also there's also the case that, you know a lot of people probably think that this would be a better outcome for than a victory for no. And a lot of people also, especially young people, will probably vote yes as a gen as an expression of support for First Nations people uh, First Nations people and their disgust with the with the racism of the official no campaign. 
But I also think there's also another there's another dang, there's also another problematic element with with the official yes campaign. You know, the official yes campaign is actually supported by 14 of the country's top 20 companies, including Rio Tinto and BHB, and business organisations like Business Council of Australia and the Minerals Council of uh, uh, as well. Now, this is a kind of a very strange kind of situation mm. in a lot of ways because. For, for starters, how, since when did these organisations ever support the rights of Indigenous people, especially in terms of the destruction of their land yeah. um, and mining? They're part of the... They're responsible for their dispossession. Yeah. yeah. But I think this... this I think how we can kind of explain this situation is it's very much an indication that attitudes about our history is changing. And... There's a, there's a lot of recognition, especially amongst young people, uh, that, that, um, that, you know, that, um, that, you know, that, that, uh, Australia Day is, is a day of invasion. And, but of course, this is actually in a sense, the fact that there's this growing mass support for Indigenous rights is putting pressure on the corporate elite and their servants in Parliament. And, you know, for them, the fact that they're getting behind such a symbolic sort of gesture, which is the voice of Parliament, which is a completely minimalist change in so many different ways that won't really do anything, uh, they they think it's great that this that this referendum is sort of happening because and because it, symbolic change is like something that they can they they're willing to kind of accept because it delays discussion about more fundamental questions and they certainly don't want debate about sovereignty or treaty leading to real land rights or any else that will threaten free reign um True for mining time. companies mm-hmm. so i think this is uh that's i think the contradiction i think for for this sort of campaign but at the end of the day i think I recommend uh, a, a critical kind of yes um, kind of vote. But on the other hand, I completely respect mm. um, progressive people and First Nations people who might, you know, who might be advocating for a no position on the basis that this is a completely minimalistic change uh, that actually could potentially disempower First Nations people. Um, but I think, you know, regardless of whatever the outcome of the referendum, and to be honest, even in recommending a yes vote, I'm not that invested in the outcome. Uh, I think this will be, uh, I think that, you know, I think that we have to, we have to uh, mobilise and fight for First Nations rights. Yeah. And we, we do need to, after this referendum, we do need to keep pushing the Albanese Labor government um, for First Nations justice. I mean, if they were really serious, um, they would have already have, you know, been fighting for and made, uh, you know, practical reforms um, without the referendum. Um, they could have implemented the recommend- recommendations of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal debts in custody. I mean, this there's just, it's been over 32 years and, I think it's, there's only been one recommendation. Um, one, they've only implemented one recommendation, which is counting the body bags, like ma- uh, maintaining a, uh, an accurate body count of those who have died in custody. Um, they haven't. Um, they could I- implement the recommendations of the bringing them home report. That that's um that's now 20 years. Um, that that was made 20 years ago. Um, instead, they you know they've put so much effort, money, and time into the voice, um, and it's it does sort of sim- like have a similar kind of 
limited approach, just like they're approaching the whole climate emergency, it is very, you know, we can say it is symbolic and tokenistic um, and, you know, it does make, you know, for, for, for people who don't aren't really paying too much, too close attention to, you know, um, how problematic the ALP is and the fact that they aren't really in, um, you know, they don't really care about the interests of ordinary people. They are, it is a big performative gesture and it can, it could create a lot of harm for First Nations people. I think, you know, it is important to listen to the progressive no campaign, but we also can't just assume that the voice um, will in all in in every circumstance just act like a bureaucratic handbrake it might um it, hopefully you know if there is some kind of um activity in the grassroots movement hopefully um if this does go ahead and there is you know the voice to parliament does go ahead hopefully it will be the voice um that actually does amplify um the voices of indigenous people um but you know i guess We'll we'll see what what happens if if the yes wins the referendum. Um, any any other advances in First Nations rights will have to be um, fought for, and we do have to um, you know we do have to recognise that there are so many other things like truth telling and fighting for treaty for land rights. There are so many other measures that um, we can be fighting for for Indigenous people, but that really does require a building of the grassroots movement for change. So, um, yeah, everyone, don't forget to vote. Um, and, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to add, Jacob, or should we go to a quick break? Because we are um, running late, actually, for our, first inter- uh, for our second interview of the program. Um, yeah, well, stay tuned. We'll just go to a quick break. Um, stay tuned for uh, we're having an interview with Omar Jabbar, a Palestinian um, person that lives here in Melbourne, to talk about what's what's happening in Palestine. So stay tuned. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library this Sunday. October 15th. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. And it's time now for our second interview. We have joining us Omar Jabbar. Tafesh uh, Nawal, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, Omar is a paralegal working in the Australian immigration law field. But the reason we have him on the show today is because he is um, a, an activist within the, Pal- uh, within the Melbourne Palestinian scene. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, have a chat to him about what is taking place in Palestine right now. So welcome to the show, Omar. 
Thank you for having me on. Now, Omar, um, uh, Israel, we all know, Israel has declared war on Gaza after resistance fighters broke through the blockade a few days ago. Many people have been killed. Thousands are taking shelter from Israeli air raids. Um, There's a lot more to be said, but would you be able to give us a short update on what is happening on the ground in Gaza right now? So, a short update on what's happening in Gaza right now, but now is the correct, uh, incorrect use use of term. It's about what has been happening in Gaza Mm. for the past uh, few years under the occupation, under the blockade. The correct uh, statement is that the siege has been intensified because the siege in actuality started in 2007, not just by Israel, but by Egypt as well, and under the express uh, approval of the Palestinian Authority. And since then, you have to imagine, these poor uh, residents have been under seven different wars in 2009, 2009, uh, 2007, 2009, 2012, 2014, 2018, 2021, and now once again in 2023. And you have to recognize that the conditions on Gaza are the context which we are missing in this situation. Because ever since the start of the Israeli blockade, as you correctly mentioned, 50% of the GDP of Gaza has been lost. Poverty is at 40%, almost 50%. And for context, USA, which has its own poverty crisis, has 27%. You have to realize that 80% of the Gaza population relies on humanitarian aid. 40% are unemployed. And just earlier this year, and you can't even believe this, but because of the amount of wars I just stated, 120,000 families don't even have windows in their apartment complexes. And now the siege has been intensified. It didn't start. It has been intensified. Just this morning, we had the report from the Israeli armed forces that 6,000 missiles have been launched. 6,000. 360,000 Israeli conscripts, they're not soldiers, they're conscripts, have been placed at the Gazan border. Almost every, all necessities have been shut off by the Israeli state, and 1,000 and above Palestinians have been killed, 5,000 have been injured, 400 children and babies have been massacred, and it is worth mentioning that 1,000 Israelis have been killed as well. Most of them have been military casualties, but for any civilian casualties, we can completely condemn it, and I want to point out that we condemn the Israeli casualties, who are civilians, unarmed civilians, but we will never see the Zionist media, the Zionist press, the Zionist institutions, both in Israel and abroad, condemn the Palestinian death. And in following on from that, Omar, can you, I guess, um, give us a bit of an um, um, a bit um, uh, update, I guess, on, you know, one I guess one of the developments, as tragic as I guess as the events have been, that of what's happening in Palestine right now, we are we have sort of started to see, I guess, an, a reemergence of Palestinians' resistance. And I guess what um, what do you have to comment on that? Well, you use the correct term, Palestinian resistance. What is unknown and what they will hide from you in the Western press, and this is a Western press issue, so I appreciate being on here, is that they keep saying this is a Hamas attack. This is incorrect. Ten Palestinian groups of all political affiliations are involved in what we saw uh, happen last week. 
and most of the targets were military targets. But besides this, this isn't a re-emergence of Palestinian resistance. This is a continuation of Palestinian resistance. And I'm sure people on the left understand that resistance, resistance is a holistic endeavor. It doesn't start with violence. It doesn't end with violence. And I am sure all people condemn indiscriminate violence without aim, without cause. And that is what we call terrorism. No, rather, this is an escalation of resistance. Because we, um, on Greenless Radio, we literally talked before, halfway through the year, about the repeated attack on Israel, uh, from Israel on Palestinians. And the Palestinians attempt to resist and fight back. We have had three protests this year. We have had multiple worldwide initiatives to bring attention to Palestine and to fight back against the propaganda from the Israeli ministry. Even before this, 250 Palestinians were killed this year. So we understand mm -hmm. that violence resistance, which uh, I'm sure you're, returning, uh, you're referring to when you say the reemergence of resistance, violence resistance is in reaction to the escalation of the Israeli state on Palestinian rights and Palestinian um, uh, self-determination. And I'll bring up this last point. What we have missed from the press is the context. Hamas is only 30 years old. But the occupation has been 75 years old. And we have to understand that the Palestinians have been bombed, massacred, and displaced for 75 years. And if Israel was so to choose, they could have resolved this issue long ago. But they are intent on developing greater Israel, and Palestinians always have the right to push back against the further escalation of the Nakba. Yeah, thanks, Omar. Um, I guess we also wanted to ask um, about, you know, global opinion. I mean, there ha they still hasn't really, after all this time, decades and decades, there still really hasn't been worldwide condemnation um, of Israel and what's happening to Palestinians. Um, and Palestinians' indiscriminate killing has continued on for decades without any any kind of worldwide outcry and condemnation for the injustice of the illegal op occupation of Palestine and the recognition of the apartheid state Israel. And we've seen some shameful pro-Israeli spin, um, you know, settler stories, you know, all this kind of stuff from mainstream media and also coming out of world leaders' mouths. I mean, it's unsurprising, but, you know, the Australian media are just slaves to the Israeli to the Israel state um, and you know the weight of global opinion should be on Israel to cease their attack uh, we wanted to ask if you if you do think that global opinion has shifted on the question of Palestine yes and uh, in fact uh, I want to push back on your assumption that uh, the world has turned their backs on Palestinians mm. we that is a defeatist mindset and we have to rec I want people to observe the gulp and the difference between social media opinion and world government's opinion, and you will see where the hearts of the people are. You have, and uh, I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, but you have white people, Europeans, Australians, good people on the ground who can just recognize and see through the disinformation that's being peddled. It's, it's quite phenomenal, honestly, and I think that the Palestinians are humble and awed by the global solidarity that we are getting. And there is a recognition, there is a reckoning of the truth of Palestine and its justice. And this is why we see 
the Israeli media machine and, the, and its affiliates fighting back so much. I mean, can I just add something? Mm. The disinformation campaign that has been waged by the Zionist entity is absurd and it is disgusting. We have heard this story about 40 babies decapitated. It is a disgusting claim and it's, number one, it minimizes the actual uh, Israeli casualties that have been had on the ground. And number two, why would you accuse anyone of such a disgusting crime and it has been debunked and it has been shown to be a fraud? Even today, we know of Ben Shapiro, a rabid uh, Zionist um, calling for the genocide of Palestinians in recent days. He posted that photo today of a, and I'm sorry for the viewers, but a burnt baby saying this was Hamas's doing. And then people put it into an AI generator. It turns out that AI ge- it was AI generated photo. Like, it is disgusting, but we have to persevere and we have to recognize that no matter what the government say, and as I'm sure Green Left Radio knows, there is a massive difference in the opinion of the people on the ground. Yeah, just to kind of add a quick comment on that, you know, we even heard um, the so-called president of the United States um, um, spouting that um, fake news, um, you know, and it was so bad that um, basically the, the White House had to, to kind of basically um, fall back that actually basically um, they, they basically had to say that, oh, no, actually Joe Biden didn't actually say that. Uh, he was just simply reading off what a news report or what he heard they in a briefing. They think we don't have yours. They, they think we don't have yours. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, it's sort of like funny because I think, you know, um, you know, we, we, when you, I, I saw this Facebook comment from a left-wing activist in the United States basically saying, you know, when we, when we see people post conspiracies, like, in factual information on Facebook, we're encouraged to kind of report it. But when the president of the most powerful country in the world basically spouts, like, completely, um, complete misinformation, uh, what do you, who do you actually report it to? Um, but actually going into, I guess, the kind of more kind of important sort of question, um, pro-Palestine rallies are being organised by activists here um, and around the world. And can you talk about this kind of global movement and also the movement in Australia? And I guess... Talk about why, um, you know, why it's important for every left-wing or progressive person, anyone who cares about justice, to actually attend these um, pro-Palestine rallies coming up. Yeah, it's a holistic movement. What did I say earlier? I said resistance is a holistic movement, and resistance is uh, uh, inherently reactionary because there's always in, you're never going to resist against nothing. Re- resistance always comes in the conjunction with a context, a cause. So we have to recognise that. Uh, and I want to push back. Um, it's not just left-wing activists. You have to see the Muslim uh, community really come through and uh, support Palestine on social media and on the ground. But regardless, um, I advocate that people do attend these protests. They do attend these marches. But having a protest by itself isn't sufficient. Uh, there is information. You have to educate yourself. You have to ed- educate those around you. You have to have conversations about it. Uh, there's BDS. You should contribute. There is um, righteous causes. There's donations. There's charities who are about to save lives, you know that? There are charities operating, and they are about to save lives because Egypt just opened humanitarian corridors. So please, find the time to protest and do not cause chaos and havoc at protests and do not slander and uh, spout actual anti-Semitism at protests. But there are people uh, in Egypt, they're readying to send humanitarian convoys in, and those those humanitarian convoys are the result of charity being posted all around the world. And I don't want to say which charities. I'm sure Green Left has some good charities that they can recommend to people. But please, it's a holistic effort. 
If you want to do protests, that's well and good. Show your anger, show your solidarity. The people in Palestine see it. But make sure it's holistic. Make sure you're donating and make sure, make sure there's a holistic effort towards the resistance, towards this uh, regime and apartheid entity. Well, it's really been great having you on the show, Omar. We, we did have more to chat about, but unfortunately we, we need to wrap up. We've run out of time. But just before we do, is there anything else you'd like to say before um, we end the interview today? Yeah, I think I'll end it off with one piece of advice. Um, for all uh, activists out of, uh, activists out of the, uh, out there, the, the biggest anti-Semitic claim that could be made is that Israel is Judaism. They are not. Israel is not Judaism. Judaism is not Israel. Judaism is a 3,000-old rich religion. Israel is a geopolitical and political invention made 75 years ago. And if you understand this, if you understand the history, to all the activists, to all the pro-Palestinians who are at risk of being called anti-Semitic, understand that if you know the history between Judaism and Zionism, and you understand that there is a conflation happening between Judaism and Israel, and you're able to separate the two, you will be on the front foot, and we will finally get the pro-Palestinian movement from the back foot to the front foot. Do your research, do your history, know that Judaism is bigger than what they claim, and it is anti-Semitic to even conflate the two. One is an apartheid terrorist regime. They are terrorists, and they are an apartheid regime. And the other one is a religion of uh, peace, serenity that has been going on for 3,000 years, underpin this, and you will be able to avoid any such claims of anti-Semitism. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that that was a, a great way to, to end the interview, um, Omar. I'm, you know, the first um, uh, Infitara was, um, you know, it was peaceful, unarmed, and, you know, it's very tragic that so many innocent people are dying, but Palestine is the one that is being occupied. So we really, um, yeah, thank you for taking the time to speak with us, and we'll hopefully have you back on the on the show soon. And also, can I add one more quote from a Jewish scholar? Yeah. David Wester- Westerstein. This is a Jewish scholar. David Westerstein, he's a Jewish Israeli. He said that Islam saved Jewry for Islam, united Jews around the world, gave them religious, legal respect, and economic and social freedom. That is a Jewish scholar saying that. And let us go into their history and fight on. Thanks and solidarity to you, Omar, and um, the Palestinian movement and people. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library this Sunday, October 15th. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter.
All right, you're listening to Green Left Radio on FreeCR 855 AM. And so for this, um, for the activist calendar today, it's time for the activist calendar. Um, so the first event I just want to highlight, um, I want to highlight someone who's actually been a FreeCR guest in our program, but the Ron Guy, Art Not War, has his exhibition currently running at the Low Monde Backroom Gallery, which is at 225 Nicholson Street in Brunswick East. And that's going until Monday, October the 30th. Uh, the next um, thing to note is I want to is um, the is obviously the Palestine rally is happening at 12 p.m. But you just heard an announcement about that on on free on free CR. But yeah, 12 p.m. at the State Library this Sunday. I think that's going to be a very important protest to attend. Then on um, then just one thing to just announce just quickly is um, unfortunately I think it looks like the looks like the Palestine Film Festival has has actually been cancelled. Um, so, yeah, um, well, postponed, um, so to speak. So um, I'll, I, we don't know um, when the next, when it's going to be on sort of next. Um, and then I also want to highlight there will be the Green Left Comedy Debate happening on Friday, November the 10th. We should welcome our new AI O-Lords, uh, overlords with MC Tom Ballard at 6.30pm for an 8pm start at the Fitzroy Town Hall, 201 Naper Street in Fitzroy. Um, and now... I just, I'm actually struggling to find actually some, see what else events are actually are coming up quickly because, um, we sort of didn't really, didn't really seem to be many events sort of happening. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really. There's, okay, here's, oh, actually one important event I just want to highlight. There's going to be a protest, um, save our public housing rally with Lydia Forbe at, um, two o'clock at the at the Collingwood Public Housing Estate on Saturday, October the twenty first at two p.m. Okay. Um, and did you did you mention the rising tide um, blockade as well? I know that's still off in um, November, but did you mention that as part of the activist calendar? Oh no, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone listening, there is going to be uh, a blockade. Um, it's called Rising Tide. The People's Blockade, and we have been talking on the show about it um, for the past few weeks. Um, Zane, one of our presenters, is is heavily involved in in this direct action. It's taking place in Newcastle. It's a uh, it's a uh, climate action, direct action to block the the coal um, port. Um, it is actually the biggest coal port in the world and emits. One percent of all carbon emissions, so it is quite significant. Um, a lot of activists in Newcastle have been, um, you know, struggling against it, and it can't just be left to the activists in Newcastle to do this. I think it's a really, really important that we mobilise um, people here in Melbourne. We want to get 300 to 500 people to Newcastle uh, between the 24th of November and the 27th, and it's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to be, um, you know like uh, you know lots of different activities going on on the beach um, as well as the actual blockade in in kayaks the the flotilla that's being organized by rising tide um, in Newcastle so um, yeah we're we're currently um, trying to fundraise to actually uh, you know fundraise to get people up there because not everybody has the money to fly or catch the train so we're trying to um, you know raise some money to do that and we are I'm going to be planning a barbecue on Melbourne Cup. I shouldn't really advertise Melbourne Cup Day, but what is the date on Mel- um, 
Melbourne Cup is it the fo- is the fourth or the seventh? I think it's the the seventh. Sorry, yeah, seventh of November. Um, we don't support the cup, but you know, if you if you would like to do something really worthwhile on that day, we're going to be having a barbecue to fundraise and also to have a bit of an information sort of gathering um, about uh, what you know what we what the goals of the rising um, tide block blockade. Um, so you can meet other activists who are organizing this um i haven't um you know we haven't gotten the actual event put up on facebook or anything but we'll do that soon and we'll start um promoting it so yeah we'd love to see you there and support the event um and we'll just go to a quick break and come back with our next um interview or we'll actually go to some more news headlines and we'll um be interviewing uh Chidham from the Kurdish community about the recent um, bombs by the Turkish government on northeast Syria civilians. Um, so you are listening to Green Left Radio. Stay tuned for that interview. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war, stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm, State Library, this Sunday. October 15th. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. We've got a common enemy. The same government that locks up these refugees just behind us here at the Park Hotel is the same government that's going for our rights, trying to attack the very limited gains that casuals have. And so when union activists take up the cause of refugees amongst their fellow workers, it's not an act of charity. It's about building workers' united self-defence mechanism, understanding that we're all part of the same battle. You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au. Always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. Wasting time in the 
You are back listening to Green Left Radio, and we have joining us now Chidham, who is from the Kurdish Democratic Community Centre of Victoria, NAV um, Kurd. Um, welcome to the show, Chidham. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kalu. Good morning. So we actually wanted to talk to you about uh, what's been going on in northeast Syria. The fascist state Turkey escalated its bombing of civilian targets um, in the region known as Rojava on October uh, 5th. There hasn't been too much said about it in, in the news. So would you be able to please describe the situation on the ground in northeast Syria um, for us? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there has been extensive attacks on Rojava in North and East Syria, um, as you said, since uh, 5th of October. And in these attacks, civilians as well as the civil infrastructure has been targeted. Um, it's reported that many people were killed, born in the attacks, and many dams, facilities, uh, shops, workplaces were bombed by uh, war planes and uh, of course uh, as experts uh, living in Australia we strongly condemn these inhumane attacks. It's done by the Turkish state um, and I believe everyone needs to condemn these attacks and take a stand with us. Uh, our, um, I can say these attacks are following the genocidal mentality and our uh, crimes against humanity and we shouldn't be silent. Like Kurdish entity, uh, um, entity has become uh, like a threat to Turkish state and the IKP and NHP government of Turkey. Um, and this government looks at the world with instincts attacks wherever they, there is development in the name of Kurdishness, I should say. Uh, for this, it does not take into account any borders rules and laws. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, um, Turkey looking for any excuses to attack the Kurdish people wherever they are. But with the recent attacks, um, they destroyed very um, uh, crucial uh, needs of the Rojava. Yeah. Um, Abdullah Ocalan, leader of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, has been held in solidarity confinement in a Turkish prison since 1999. Um, can you tell us about the campaign to free Ocalan? How is he staying strong and how does he retain his revolutionary spirit and his desire for revolutionary struggle? Um, the, he's been uh, captured uh, in jail nearly more than 25 years. This center, like International Freedom for Ocalan Political Solution for Kurdish Question campaign, uh, started, and this campaign is aiming to, um, uh, it's aiming to um, uh, break his isolation. Like uh, this isolation is not just on him; it's on Kurdish people as well. Um, Mr. Jalan is held under extreme and unlawful conditions of extraordinary isolation nearly 25 years now. Uh, for the last three years, he, hasn't, uh, he has been held in complete isolation. 
and banned from any communication from outside with his family, with his lawyers. And this is continued violation of Turkish international law, I should say. And uh, the third thing is repeated violations are acknowledged by the UN Human Rights Committee um, and with records made to Turkey, but with no action taken. Um, like we spoke with his lawyer the other day, but we don't know how he's, he's held. Like, being held prisoner itself is torture, but uh, being kept in um, in a very small uh, cell, no contact with the outside, it's, uh, I can't imagine his uh, situation right now, how mentally and physically he is resisting. It's um, be- beyond my um, knowledge, uh, really. Um, but uh, we know he's a key person for the uh, peace solution because, uh, like, uh, naturally, all Kurdish people think he's the leader of the Kurdish people. So he's a key person for the peace process here. Like, um, he played an uh, important role with one uh, sentence of the message to Kurdish people. Um, all the shifts of tension is been raised, you know. Um, that's why, like, um, uh, like history tells us that conflict resolution is only possible when there is genuine participation of all parties. As I said, like, Ojalan has played an important role in, in, in shaping past uh, peace processes, and he continu- continues. Um, imprisonment is a concrete barrier to any possibility of the new peace process, I should say. Yeah, um, it's a, it's hard to imagine uh, what Ocalan has been going through in isolation, with no access to his, to to lawyers. Um, but he's, you know, he he's still managed to keep up the fight, and he's even written books um, as well. Uh, but Chidem, what what can ordinary people do to support the self determination of the Kurdish people? I mean, it. We know solidarity is so important. Would you be able to just, you know, talk about um, how we can support and how important solidarity is here and around the world? And also, you know, there are some out there who don't really know about Rojava. You know, what are some of the best ways to learn about the revolution? Um, there's a lot to do, actually. Like, it doesn't matter. We have to be there uh or go through the struggle itself. Like around the world, there is a, um, this, you know, we can do something with the solidarity. Like we generally call on um, on uh, the patriotic people of Kurdistan or all democratic forces around the world. There is an urgent need for greater attitudes against the genocidal attacks of the Turkish state than the attitudes exhibited so far. So. I believe we should can only be stopped, uh, limited and destroyed through the democratic organization and the action. Like, uh, as can be seen, the world of states is compromising the Turkey states. They're keeping silent about what it's doing. And uh, by doing that, it's putting and approving it, actually. As a democratic world and public opinion, like, uh, people like us, we cannot accept that. And, 
we can put a political pressure on states and institutions with strong position and convince them to give up these attitudes. So um, on this basis, like our people in Kyrgyzstan abroad, they need to stand up and people are like uh, in solidarity with us, they need to stand up wherever they are and show their strong reaction against the attacks. Like people, women, youth, democracy forces, all international friends, they, I believe they have to take action in solidarity with Kurdish people. Wherever they see us on the street, when we are having stalls or when we are having rallies, they can come and ask what's wrong, not what's wrong, what we can do for you, what's your problem. So they can come and visit our Kurdish community center, 36. Faulkner uh, Road to learn more about it. We organize public uh, seminars. They can attend the seminars and they can learn more there. But we only ask in Australia, uh, you know, people like, um, we are not invisible. You know, yes, there is a lot of going around the world, like in Israel and uh, in the Israel and Palestinian. But uh, in, uh, in Ukraine, people are seeing that why we are invisible to others. So there is genocidal um, ethnic cleansing happening in Kurdish people for years and years. And they fought against the ISIS uh, and uh, with their own, you know, power, in their own power. Um, yeah, we are asking uh, people to be just stand with us and understand the Kurdish conflict. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of, and this might be a kind of final question, um, you know, Ballarat's Trade Hall Council has recently kind of passed a motion to call for the freedom of Ochlon. Have any yeah. other unions or groups shown this kind of political support? Uh, that's, that's really uh, good news. I'd like to thank you to bring um, uh, Ballarat Trade Union. Um, there is a Indian movement around the world to support the Freedom for Erdogan campaign. Um, the first started in uh, 2016 uh, uh, in the uh, UK. There's many, many uh, trade unions supporting to, uh, this campaign. I can say one, uh, one done recently on uh, uh, 12th of September, uh, meeting of the International Trade Unions Network of Solidarity and Strength. It was held in Brazil, and uh, representatives from all over the world attended to that conference, and they supported the international campaign for release of Kurdish leader Abdullah Hejalan and thousands of Kurdish political prisons in Turkey. And ma- they made a statement, uh, it's proposed by the socialist revolutionary movement of Brazil. And it says, the political, social, cultural organization of the Kurdish people have launched new international campaign, Freedom for Erdogan, and thousands of Kurdish political prisoners in Turkey, an international congress of central workers and unions. Uh, they supporting the uh, Freedom of Erdogan campaign. At the same time, uh, they join the voices, uh, they also confine on condition, which is subjective. 
that were confirmed by European Court of Human Rights and the Court of European Committee for the Prevention of Torture. I can say there's many, many uh, pregnant joined this um, statement uh, from France, Italy, Algeria, Poland, Senegal, Haiti, uh, Catalonia, Sahara, Palestine, Palestine, Paraguay, Paris, Niger. So I can't even <laughs> count the names of the uh, places of the um, Indians, but there is big support for the Kurdish people uh, around the world, which is very good. We are uh, promising, and they um, calling freedom for Erdogan campaign. So Balar Trade Union started here in um, Victoria. I'm hoping other trade unions in uh, Australia, in Victoria, will follow the Balar Trade Union's action. And we can uh, we can show the solidarity like it's done in the UK and um, around the world. Well, Chidem, we're just about running out of time, but we want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and, and we also you know, pledge our ongoing solidarity to you, um, the Kurdish struggle, the Rojava revolution, and we demand the immediate release of Kurdish leader Abdullah Öcalan. Um, and yeah, thank you, thank you so much for your time today, Shidam. Thank you very much for taking me. Thank you. So, listeners, you were just listening to Chidam from the Kurdish Democratic Community Centre of Victoria. Um, she was talking about, um, you know, firstly the escalation of, of the bombing of civilian targets by the fascist Turkish state, but we. Um, you know, we do. Uh, Green Left has will continue to speak out against the genocide of the Kurds, and we also call upon all left and progressive forces around the world to show their solidarity and pressure their own governments to cut all military ties with Turkey and call on all major powers to end their um, complicity with the counter-revolutionary war against the Rojava revolution. We're just going to go to a quick break and then we will wrap up the show. You're listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. You're back listening to Green Left Radio on 3CR. Well, we don't have much time left, but um, we've actually had quite a packed program. We have mm. lots of great interviews and guests on our program and also some very kind of important political discussions on the on Palestine, uh, the Voice of Parliament referendum, um, also re- retail and fast food workers, and also the Kurdish struggle. So, yeah, um, 
I guess one of the things is if you you know if you love if you like the content that you know we actually we produce on a weekly basis, you know, giving voice um, voice to the oppressed and the marginalised, fighting for a better world. Um, we um, you can I encourage you to become a supporter of both FreeCR and Green Left. You can become a subscriber of FreeCR by going on www.freecr.org.au forward slash subscribe, and you can become a supporter of Green Left, which is um, which is um, the affiliate of Green. Um, Green Left Radio and the main um, by going on greenleft.org.au forward slash support and you know becoming supporters only as low costs as low as five dollars a month but yeah once again yeah. thank all our listeners um, and stay tuned for Left Earth Breakfast and yeah. um, come listen listen to us next Friday yeah just quickly thank our guests as well um, Josh Cullinan from Rafu Omar Jabba Tafesh Nawal um, activist and Palestinian, and also Chidam from the Kurdish community. And, yeah, um, have a great weekend. Don't forget to attend the Palestine Rally on Sunday at the State Library. We'll see you there. Um, You're listening to Green Left Radio, and stay tuned for Left After... um, Was it Left After Breakfast? Yep. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Brought to you by Green Left Weekly Newspaper, which brings an alternative source of information that puts people and planet before profit. If you like our work, become a supporter from $5 per month at greenleft.org.au slash support or free call 1800 634 206. Arise you workers from the farmers, arise you prisoners of want. For reason in revolt now thunders and at last since the age of Kant. Away with all your superstitions, serve all masses, arise! We'll change henceforth the old tradition and spurn the dust to win the prize. That's right, the commies are back, reds underneath your beds and that crap. This November, the Australian National Academy of Music presents a festival celebrating the music of pioneering American composer George Crumb. Across four thrilling performances, Crumb's dynamic and engaging music will be...